Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Sports Space. We have finally reached a beautiful round number of 40. I am your co-host, Ben Richards. With me is your co-host, Simon Bestolman. Hello, everybody. So excited to be back recording together. And it's going to be easier because we don't have school next week. Or we do, actually. After that, we don't have school next week. So. Yeah, last, next week is our last week of school. A lot easier. Oh, uh, yeah. For sure. So we're going uh, to jump straight into things. Uh, and earlier this week, there was NBA draft lottery. Um, I should have been prepared and had the um, the results already up here. But I didn't. But I, um, but the Magic did get the first overall pick. Um, it went Magic, Oklahoma City, Houston, Sacramento, Detroit, Indiana, Portland, Lakers to New- and Lakers, but Lakers with the pick is New Orleans, San Antonio, Washington, New York Clippers with the pick is OKC's, Charlotte, and Cleveland. So, no huge surprises. I was no. think anything was crazy. Nothing was completely shocking. Um. But I mean, so, so in, it's interesting. The Magic obviously got the first overall pick. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed like normal. I mean, like nothing like crazy happened with the eighth highest odds jumping up to number one or anything like that. The only real crazy, yeah, was Sacramento got in the top four. Um, that is pretty wild. But I guess we should look at kind of maybe on our. Like early draft predictions, maybe. Yeah, I. One thing I was just gonna think about is whoever the Magic do end up taking with that first pick. They're building. They could totally build something special. They have so many young pieces. Um, I feel. I feel like people don't realize how much of a surplus of young pieces the Magic have because they're very bad. <laughs> um, but. In the next five years, I could totally see the Magic making it run. In the next five years, some sometime in that in that time. I mean, I feel like you said that for every team. That in the next, let's say five years, they can make a run. I mean, that's basically every team. But yeah, I mean, they have some great but, they have pieces and some nice pieces. What's the roster looking like right now? Um, Franz Vlog, Franz Vlog, Franz Wagner was, but is he already second team or no? Is he not? Oh, uh, I'm not sure. But they have uh, Franz Wagner, who was pretty good for most of the year. I think, I think he got hurt though, so maybe he wasn't. Uh, Franz Wagner, Jalen Suggs is kind of disappointing, but he still looks fine. Um, Jonathan Isaac is a great defensive piece. Cole Anthony is really underrated. Marco Fultz is still like 20-something. He still has a lot of room to grow. I mean, they have some nice pieces. Also, have Wendell Carter. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're not, they're not like, it's not pitiful. Their, their roster's not pitiful. Yeah. It's not good. It's not close to good, but it's not pitiful. That's true. Um. 
But I, I, I bet they'll go with either Shet or Jabari Smith. I don't see him going with Paolo. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if, if, yeah, I think, I feel like Ben Kara might fall a little. Um, he's not going to pass the Rockets, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I do feel like he's going three. I, I, my, I, I see Ben Kara. I think Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, and then and then Paolo. I think I don't know. I think Chet is. I know he has a slight frame, but he's really enticing. I mean, fair. It's a really enticing pick to go the the ultra athletic seven foot center. Who can shoot the three, guard probably the three through five. I mean, he could guard the two, but like realistically, he you know, can slide up and down, defense side of the ball, elite pain protector, you know, which elite defensive instincts. I mean, I think really Shed Holmgren is super enticing if you're the magic here. Yeah, and it is true that power forward position, they already have Wendell Carter and Jonathan Isaac and Franz Wagner. I see Shed as and, a Huh? Did you call Shed a power forward? No, Jabari Smith. Oh, yes. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like they have so a power forward. would just be really cramped. Right now, who do they have at center? They have Mo, Mo Bamba. Bamba and Robin Lopez. It's horrible. Um, yeah. Bamba's fine. So I think Mo Bamba, they're probably going to move on from him this offseason. Bamba could be a solid back. Yeah, I agree, but I would rather have a uh, prime, uh, rejected prime shit homegrown, what we think he could be, then. Yeah. Um, and then I do so think, I, I think, I do think that'll be the top three easily. Um, yeah. And I think Jaden Ivey also might be an interesting player because he is an incredible offensive player. He was amazing for Purdue last year. Sometimes it's unstoppable on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but he can't really like, – Purdue, Purdue, Purdue could have gone all the way last year. They just couldn't play defense. Yep. I mean, they, yep. that's why they lost St. Peter's. I do not think they're going to go far because they just can't play defense. They can't defend at all. No. So, I mean, like, part of that, I know it's not fully on Jaden Ivey, but uh, part of that is attributed to Jaden Ivey because he was a star player in the team. And he just wasn't good at defense. Yeah, yeah. And it is true that last season he shot 36% from three, 75, almost 75% from the, uh, almost, I mean, 46% from the field and average over 17 points per game. But none of that matters if you give up more. Exactly. That's like the Hornets. The Hornets basically this year is like, we're going to score 151. Or we're going to score 150, but we're going to let up 151. Yeah. yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how many points you put up. If your team as a whole or you allow one more than you are, when then you score, you're going to lose the game. Yeah. And um, then um, I think that's really interesting. Depends who he goes to. Um, Keegan Murray is also an interesting player because I feel like there's many spots he could fit at. 
in a Pistons, I could see Blazers, I could see uh, Pacers, I could see Pelicans, I could see. I don't know. If, I don't know if he will fall to eight, but that'd be a really interesting fit. Him, Keegan Murray, and um, Keegan Murray and the Pelicans. But I mean, the Pelicans do already have Zion, and Keegan Murray is a power forward. So I don't really know how much that would help, but I think it'd be an interesting fit. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, the official Tankathon player rankings have Chet Holmgren at number one, then Jabari Smith, then Paul Benkamp, which I could totally see being the actual um, top three. In the- yeah, but so I'm trying to think. But yeah, there's been so many other interesting pieces. I think a player to look out for, and Ben knows I'm really high on this guy, is Tari Eason um, from, from LSU. LSU. Really good defense. Like, just like, I feel like he's kind of like, not like Herb Jones, but I think he's kind of like Herb Jones in the way they play defense, where it's not always just straight up lockdown, even though they can lock you down. But it's kind of those acrobatic plays, ripping the ball, or just like diving and hustle. I feel like he's that kind of guy. Um, and he also put up 25 points per game for LSU last year. I would love to see him and Mark Williams on the Hornets, which that's my dream draft for the Hornets, setting at 13 and 15. Um, and that's what Tankathon has, which is what I'm looking at right now. So I'd be absolutely ecstatic if we grabbed both those guys. Both are great defensive players. It's exactly what we need. Terry Eason could be uh, um, an advisor off the bench. Mark Williams could solidify the center spot, or I don't know. But I mean, that'd be that's. I think those are two really interesting players, especially Terry. Yeah, I think I think what ju- ju- jumps out at me about Terry Eason, he's a player who averaged twenty five points and three steals per game. Mm-hmm. That's just really impressive. He's a he's just um, a really good defensive player. Excuse yeah, me. yeah. Um, uh, and one more player I want to highlight who maybe it's not the best, but is a really interesting prospect. And Ben will say a lot about this guy's Johnny Davis. Yeah, it's just he felt so elite yet so not elite last year, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think the thing about Johnny Davis is that when he's on, he's I think could be one of the most elite dry, like cutters um, in the class. Uh, he, and he's a player who does a little bit of everything, yet he's a shooting guard and he can shoot uh, when, he has, when he needs to. But his, his main game is acrobatic finishing um, and just like being an effort player, like so many players from Wisconsin have been. Um, but the biggest problem with him is that he's extremely streaky um game after game after game he'll be either super super good or super super bad and so it that'd be kind of worrying for a team drafting him mm-hmm. I think I think one of the biggest parts of college bath or just basketball in general is um I just forgot the word I was gonna say um consistency because you could go out and drop 40 one night and then the next night you drop five on like 20-something shooting. Exactly, yeah. And that's just, like, you can't have that in this league. 
And I think that could be an issue with Johnny Davis is he's just not – he's not – you can't always count on him the fact that if he's is he going to have a good game or not. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited for the draft. I really hope we get Mark Williams and or Tarisen. Um, Sadly, I won't be able to record um, draft reactions because I won't – I'll be at center camp, which sounds dumb, but whatever. I don't care. Um, so – I'm basically, I'll just tell Ben my reactions and he'll just probably tell y'all what my reactions are. Yeah, I'll be the middleman. Ben will um, be the middleman, exactly. Yeah. Um, but if we get Mark Williams and, and or Tarisen, especially, see, I don't know which one I want more. Cause like Mark Williams makes more sense, but Tarisen seems like a really fun player. And both of them schools I hate Duke and LSU. Like, I mean, I think it's also a question of will they both. Will even one of them be there when it falls? Eason will be. Eason will be. You're sure? I, th- I think Eason will be there at 13 or 15. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. His stock might jump. But at this point, I think Eason, I think both will be there at that point. But also, you know, maybe if Jalen Duran, if Jalen Duran. Yeah, Jalen Duran. He's, if yeah. He, if he gets picked high, we might just trade it for Mark Williams. Um, yeah, because less. looking at the stats, they have very similar stats. They're similar in size. Both are very good. Uh, both are very good players. Um, Duran seems like maybe a bit more of a playmaker, but like it, it, they're very, very similar. Yeah, players. Mm-hmm, I agree. Like um, measurable. Yeah, stats wise, still. Uh, yeah, they're very yeah. similar players. Um, but. I think staying with the NBA. Um, let's talk. Well, you know we're in the whatever, not Eastern, the conference finals. So yeah, I believe both games. Uh, Celtics Heat is tied one one. Mavs Warriors is Golden State leads one zero one zero, and yep. play at eight p.m. Central Standard Time tonight. So. First, let's talk about the game tonight. Dallas Golden State in it's not Oracle Arena anymore because they moved. I don't know where it is though. Oh, in in Golden State? No, yeah, but what's their um? Yeah, what's their the Chase Center? The Chase Center. Thank you. I know something like that. Um, so Memphis, Mem. I mean Memphis. Oh my God. A Dallas Golden State at the Chase Center in San Francisco, California. Um, Luca and the Mavs are bidding for. Well, Luca is bidding for his first, cha- uh, finals appearance. The Warriors are looking back to keep continuing the dynasty. Warriors currently lead. Who do you think is going to win tonight and the rest of the series? Yeah, I see. It's a question of uh, can Luca carry like he did in the Sun series? Because as of right now, obviously they have the Mavericks have some work to do over the offseason. As of right now, they really don't have another score to compliment Luca. So he it's basically him um, offensively. And I think that through the course of the whole series, he won't be able to get it done like he was. Um, in Phoenix, uh, I think the Warriors are just too good 
on both sides of the court. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Warriors win the series, uh, but it's up in the air who wins tonight. I'll say the Warriors win tonight. Um, I so Luke Luke is a great scorer. He doesn't have a second star to compliment him, in my opinion. There's other good scores on the team. Reggie Bullock is a nice three and D player. Dorian Finney Smith is a good is a good um stretch four. There's also Tim Hardway Jr. There's Jalen Brunson, but none of those guys are second stars. Jalen Brunson played like a second star earlier in the playoffs, but he really just, he's just not. Um, and I think Luca is amazing, and I really want him to get a second star on his team or on his side, but. I don't think that he's just. I don't think they're. I don't think that team's good enough to be this Warriors team. This Warriors team is amazing if everybody's hot. Curry's Curry, Clay is coming back. You see, he's just getting better. Jordan Poole is rising up, and he's going to be amazing. Andrew Wiggins is starting to become not the player we thought he could be, but the player a a player a lesser form of what we thought he could be. Yeah, Draymond Green is just being Draymond Green. I mean, he's just playing Draymond Green basketball. Um, I do think that the Warriors will continue their home playoff win streak tonight. Um, I do be- I do believe that the series will be fought out, but I don't think Luke has enough in him to really carry this Mavs team to a finals. Um, and speaking on Mavs second stars, Ben and I, with a few other friends talking about this, was the last week. It was around last week. I can't remember exactly when, but it was yeah. last week. Um, who like what would be an interesting second star for the Mavs to sign or to go and trade for? Yeah, I had two thoughts. One that we were talking about earlier. One that I just thought of now. Uh, and those are, um, John Collins and Pascal Siakam. Um, who are both athletic, athletic fours who have a, a good jump shot um, and are good finishers. Um, I think that a Pascal Siakam trade would be hard to pull off uh, because of how much he means to the Toronto organization. But I think a John Collins trade could, uh, John Collins trade could totally happen um, if you threw in like a. Dorian Faye-Smith, Jalen Brunson, and a pick or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that would be enough, but some, something like that. Um, uh, I think that could, yeah. I have a guy, you can sign it. You can go ahead and sign him. It's interesting. Zach Levine. I don't really know Ooh. how well those two players kind of work together, but I think Zach Levine is a great scorer. Then that's kind of really what Luca needs. He can, Luca can – Luca's a pretty good – he's a decent defender. It's a great facilitator, great scorer. You get from another great scorer that leaves him open more. His other score, his other amazing, exactly being is probably is one of, is probably a top fifteen score in the league, top ten in the league. You can put so him to like two top 10, 15 scores in the league. Dorian Finney-Smith is a great stretch for Jalen Johnson. Oh, yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr. If he stays, if he comes back healthy, Reggie Bullock off the butt, off the Maxi Kleber. That's Maxi Kleber, Boban. <laughs> I mean, like Boban. That, that would be expensive. I don't know how much cap room, um, they have. He's, he says he's going to go for around nine, uh, nineteen million dollars 
Um, yeah, and they don't have that. But nobody has any. I mean, like cap space in NBA is really finicky. You can move it around. I don't know how the other caps go and get them, but I could see that it could be it could be, it could be a very potentially very interesting pick. In my opinion, or not pick trade, yeah, or not trade. Oh my god, signing. Um, I don't. They don't. I don't think they have the money for it, but I think it would be interesting. Yeah, I think that. Um, thing about Zach Levine is that he's a scorer who fits a lot of different like occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he does have a really nice three point shot, but he also, I mean, he won a dunk contest. That's not saying he means he's a great dunker, but it. It does. Um, he can finish on the rim. He can finish. He can finish by the rim. He can shoot the ball, and he can sort of adapt to score um, in different games depending on what Luca's needs are. So I don't know if he'd want to go to a team where he's very clearly number two, but we'll see. Well, I think um, he kind of was number two this year. I mean, like at different times, I think him and Demar Rosen kind of switched off. But there was, yeah, there was times this year where him and where he was the second option to Demar Derozan this year. Yeah, and I think that worked well for the Bulls. But also, I think Luca as a great facilitator, Luca sometimes he can step back and not have to be the number one scoring option. I think that's what Zach Levine provides. I think a player like John Collins would help him a lot, but I feel like a player like John Collins also doesn't take over enough scoring. Then yeah, fair. Uh, John Collins is a great scorer. But there's not he's not a guy that can go give the ball to and call an ISO and like or let or let or yeah. do whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, see. I think Luca and John Collins would be electric, but I think Luca and Zach Levine would just fit better. You know, could free up some money in a Zach Levine trade, they could throw in a Davis Bertans. Awesome. And that could free up a lot of money. Um yeah, so I think that's going to be interesting. But now going on to the Eastern Conference Finals, it's 1-1. Uh, were Celtics, I believe, they're going to TD Garden tomorrow night. Who do you think will win tomorrow night, and who do you think will win the series? I think the Heat oh, – I, I think the Heat are going to – I don't know how I'm going to finish that sentence. This is a really hard series because the Heat have just been so hard to beat um all season uh just such a well-made team um but I think the Celtics are as well the Celtics are yeah a completely championship ready team have a lot of scoring from anywhere uh on the court so I think it's I think it's definitely going to be a a classic series that is probably seven games um but I do think in the end that the Celtics will pull it out. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, I think I've been saying this all. I've been saying this the entire postseason. I fully believe that the Celtics are completely built to win a championship. They have an elite, they have an elite score in Jason Tatum. They have amazing second op. If Jalen Brown is your second option, you are doing very well on the offensive side of the ball. Oh yes. Marcus Smart. No, you could also say you could also say if Chris Middleton is your second option, you're doing well. But Chris Middleton was hurt. Uh, I don't know if you're doing too well, but he's pretty good. Yeah. Um Marcus Smart immediately Smart. pulls up. Marcus Smart, deep boy. Al Horford has been playing amazing this off this postseason. Uh Grant Williams, 
played really well a few nights ago. Um, and they have Robert Williams, who's a great defensive presence on the post. I mean, I, I think that team – I know Miami is really is really good. They have a bunch of long athletic wings that can go and switch and guard everybody. But I think my biggest thing is they can't shoot. Um, yeah. I think that, yeah, they don't really that will always – now in the modern NBA, that will always be a downfall of a team in the postseason is that when they're when – they, when they're, not, when, they, they're not, when they're not able to, they can't shoot. When the game is on the line, they can't shoot. And I mean, I, that's, that's what happened to the Bucks. I mean, I know they were out with, they were, didn't have Chris Middleton, but still, they were not able to shoot in that last game. Hence, why they lost, and they're not playing Miami right now. They're in Cancun right now. In the modern NBA, you I have would to- like to say. I would like to say 2019-2020 season, Chris Middleton was like three field goal percentage or three-tenths of a field goal percentage point away from being 50-40-90. Chris Middleton can, can shoot the ball. Anyways, not what we're that. talking about. I never said um, Chris Middleton couldn't shoot the ball. Have, but I also said that I did say that we're without him. So I gave him some credit. But still, fair. And they, still they still took the Celtics to seven without Chris Middleton. I will give them that completely. Uh, but, but I would just I would say about the Heat, they do have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, but that's not necessarily Duncan enough. Robinson has been playing a lot of season. Fair. Off season, postseason. Fair. I think they're, the Heat, they're barely Heat playing. Game one in the series. Dogs that fight hard, but it's just not enough talent wise. Game one in the series. How much did they? How many minutes did they play Duncan Robinson? Duncan Duncan Robinson did not play game one. No minutes. Zero minutes. All right. Second game. I mean, I'm not upset. I'm like trying to show you that they're not playing Duncan Robinson because he's he okay, he played 14 minutes in game one or game two last night. Or not last night. Wait, no. That what what night was that? Was that last night? That was last night, I think. Um so they're not playing him because he can't he's not gonna defend. I mean, like, yes, you're right. But Tyler, but Tyler Hero is not – Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson are two guys who can't be at the, on the court at the same time. He's got 29% from so three. I, I, I'm just giving reasons. But they shot 30% okay. from three. I know, I know you agree with me. I'm just giving reasons. They shot 30% from three last night. That is horrendous in the modern NBA. I mean, you just yeah. have to shoot the three. I mean, that plan is simple in this league. And Tyler Hero went over three last night. I mean, that's not reliable from Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson went 0-4 last night, shooting a three. I mean, like, you have to be able to make shots. And plain simple. Yep. Um, and, you know, we haven't recorded we haven't recorded together in a while, but now it's time for Simon's bi-monthly po- uh, podcast bathroom break. So, Ben, you can talk while I'm gone. I'm so excited about this break. Um, we have we have we have lots to cover here during this break, um, and mainly what we're gonna cover is the Boston Celtics and how impressed I am with them. Um, Simon touched on it already, but beat beat us, beat the Bucks, um, in impressive fashion, um. 
I'm impre very impressed with Al Horford on uh, how he is about about 80 years old um, and is still going out there and balling. He played 33 minutes um, last night. He was 100% from behind the, behind the arc. So, um, yeah, I think the Celtics team uh, is a team completely built to win a championship. Got a lot of great bench scoring from Grant Williams. They got 10 from Peyton Pritchard. Um, so I think that's definitely a team uh, team to watch out for. Another, another player, not necessarily a team, that I think I'd like to highlight going completely cross-sport here, um, going same city, but different sport. Talking about the Boston Red Sox is Trevor Story's career night last night. Uh, he had a four-for-four game with three home runs against the Mariners, including two home runs over the Green Monster in left field at Fenway Park. Um, th just think that's a pretty incredible game for the Red Sox, which is a team that is, they're pretty down right now. Uh, they're 16 and 22 on the year, um, which, yeah, it's tough for one of the most storied teams in the MLB, especially with the Yankees at 28 and 10, uh, having the top record in baseball um so yeah um i'm back what's up all right um yeah so i, I heard what you said about Trevor story yeah i mean he had a great night last night what was what did you say exactly he was four for four four for four um, three home runs including two over the green monster seven rbis a walk and a stolen base no strikeouts yeah, he was four for four. Of course, he had no strikeouts. Um, yeah, and he had five runs too. So, amazing game for him. Uh, Jeff Bassan's pass on said Passan, that, yeah, whatever. Um, said that he added um, seven points his OPS, which is actually a lot. It's a lot. One seven is a lot of points in OPS. A lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he just had a great night. And I think that might be he's been struggling this entire year. I mean, that might be exactly what he needs to go and get going. I mean, you never know what players need to go to go get going. Um yeah, uh other MLB things. I don't think no, so we, we have not mentioned this. Uh actually, no, uh, no, we have not mentioned this. So this Sunday. Hunter Green, Reds rookie pitcher, was hit through seven and a third hitless innings. But and he walked, but he walked two batters, and that's why he was pulled. Then I believe reliever Art Warren came on. And then he walked two batters. So he walked home a run. The rest of the game, we did not allow another, we did not allow a hit. And throughout the entirety of the game, but throughout the entirety of the game, we did not score. So the Cincinnati Reds lost a game and threw no hitter. That that's like next level bad. It was really impressive. It's Honestly. so impressive. It's the best thing we've done all year. Oh boy. Yeah, it's like the most impressive thing we've done all year, and we still lost. I think we're like seven and three, eight and two, maybe in the last ten, but we're still horrible. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Hey, um, I hate it, man. Sell the team, Bob. Come on. Sell the team, Bob. I have no right to complain baseball-wise. The Brewers are the top of the NL Central. So. Oh, yeah, no, you're not allowed to um, complain about Milwaukee sports. Yeah, Milwaukee sports. You're not allowed to complain about sports. You're a Packers fan, Bucks fan, Brewers fan. I'm a Hornets, Reds, and Panthers. Yeah, yeah. That's pitiful. Uh, on the NFL front, a couple of transactions, I suppose I could say. Um, the former, actually on the subject of, of Carolina sports, former Panthers um, and New York Giants corner James Bradbury signed a one-year deal with the Eagles. Um, which makes a nice little duo with Darius Slay. Uh, and longtime Ravens punter, the longest tenured player in franchise history, Sam Cook has called it a career. Just a couple of pieces of news there. Um, and also on the topic of former Panthers, former Panther Morgan Fox signed with the Chargers a few days ago. So congrats to him. He was actually a really underrated piece on that line. On that bad, but still a line last year. It was a very underrated piece. Fair. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think that's really it. Um, it was, we had some technical difficulties. Um, but we're going to be able to record a lot. You know, we might record twice a week over the summer if we get bored. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. I uh, keep sports in, I guess. Yeah. Right. So, tell, we'll see you next time. Keep sportsing. Keep sportsing.